Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woach. And I'm Walt. And we're back at it again. Another week under the belt here. We're going into a nice new week here, fresh start. A uh, couple big things this uh, this week, a couple big games. We'll get into those in just a minute. Last week, I uh, kind of just want to go over DraftKings, Wall. Uh, the league, uh, Story did not win his fourth in a row. Uh, we actually have a new winner this week. Yeah, it's exciting. Somebody else. Uh, James03, uh, who's our buddy Jamie, uh, won with 205.78 points. Had Dylan Gabriel, who got 128 points or dollars per point, uh, scored 61.95. Also had Brady White, the QB from Memphis, at $135 a point, scoring 59.44. What a combo that was, having both of those QBs. I did a one tournament, and I did a bunch of 50-50s, and I think almost, I think he, Dylan Gabriel in my tournament was like 80-something percent owned. <laughs> so 80, and this was like 1,000-person tournament. It was like 80-something percent owned. It was wild, but, I mean, everybody kind of knew that he was just going to pop off, and, um, yeah, good for him on having Gabriel and White both in the same contest there. Uh, in second was Walrus67 and Ace Kyle. Kyle finished uh, finished out the top three this week. You want to say anything, Wally? You looking? You getting spicy in there? Your averages are going up. No, I'm just waiting for you to get to the next part, Woj, because my week has been rough so far. <laughs> last week I did fail to mention the top three. Uh, story one oh. last week again Ooh. for his third week in a row, followed by I was second. And then LW886, who's Lizzie, uh, was in third. Yeah, uh, there we go, Woj. That's what <laughs> in, I the, in the season long altogether, uh, Story1135 is still in the lead with 3.3 points, but Cruz244 just became eligible as of last week, having five played five contests. He's at 3.4, so he's nipping on the toes of Story. And then James 03 with that win this week pushed him in the third with 3.6. But, butt wall, I'm at 2.5, and I got one more week left so I can get that fifth in and be eligible. So I'm looking to take over that story long top spot. But we'll see what happens. Maybe I tank this week and come in dead last. It could happen. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the DraftKings this week. It's just there's a it's a clutter of games. But we'll get into that shortly. Uh, this week we will be doing the 12 game main slate uh, on DraftKings. It, the league is up. Uh, more than welcome to get in there and play or tell any of your friends. Let them know. Get them in there, uh, and we'll see if they can out beat Story and myself right now and Cruz. I guess who's tight in there for the uh, season longs. Well, let's get started on some games. We got Auburn, who's two and two, at Old Miss, who's one and three. Eleven a.m. on the SEC Network. Well, Auburn minus three, minus three and a half, depending what book you're looking at. Over under a seventy and a half. I mean, these are two teams we've had money on both sides of both teams this year. I don't know what to make of this game, Woj. You got some DraftKings people in here, though. I'm guessing. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what to make of this game either. I mean, <laughs> you got Auburn on one side, who's just like this team that doesn't really have an identity they they cl manage clock one game they air rate in another game they Bo Nix can't throw more than 50% completion rating in half the games like who knows what the hell's going on then you on the other side you have Lane Kiffin who just essentially wants to run an air raid offense but he can't because he doesn't have the weapons so it's just it's a cluster 
but I do have a couple DraftKings options for this game. The, the kind of the idea the whole week I'll go through with this, guys. The whole everybody I'm trying to give is just kind of I'm trying to give you cheaper options because the top options this week in DraftKings are absolutely nuts. Running backs are dominating the the prices this week. I mean, it, it's nuts. They're higher than most quarterbacks. They're way higher than wide receivers. So it's just one of those weird weeks in DraftKings with a weird slate of games. But you just got to kind of pick and choose your battles and find some sleepers in there. So first off, I got Anthony Schwartz, the wide receiver from Auburn. He's at 5,300. He's been a big part of the passing game for the Tigers this year. He's had 18 targets in the last two weeks, hauling in 16 of them. Still only one TD on his 27 receptions this year, but with that kind of production at that price, I feel pretty safe taking him at 5,300. He's probably the best wide receiver below 5,500 I could find this week as far as like targets and, and percentage targets. Uh, just from the last couple weeks, so that's one to look at. Another one, this is kind of a a dark horse here, but it's Eli Stone, wide receiver from Auburn. He's 5,500, so a little bit more. In only two games the series caught, seven passes. In both games, he scored a TD and looks, I mean, looks to be a solid option with Bo Nick so far since two games he's played. Uh, we'll wait to see what happens. I, I just like Schwartz just because of his numbers off the bat. Uh, Stove is good. Don't get me wrong, but with Schwartz's numbers, two, 18 targets in the last two weeks, it's, it's pretty big. 16 of those got hauled in. So uh, I just like Schwartz is more of a safe option there. Uh, another one for Auburn is Tank Bigsby. Now, this one I don't really like. It's not huge. I'm not all over this one because especially with Sean Silvers, who was hurt, he's – or Sean Shivers, excuse me. He's coming back this week, which could cut into some of Bigsby's uh, – Bigsby's uh, carries, but his name is Tankwall. I mean, <laughs> Tank Bigsby. I mean, he was meant to be a running back. He was meant to be a running back since birth. Uh, 6,500 this week. Uh, he's averaging six yards of carry, over 200 yards in his last two games, 20 carries versus Arkansas, and 16 versus South Carolina. Uh, he's had a little bit of success in the air, but he's had a struggle getting into the end zone. So that's just one thing to watch out for with him, especially at a price point of 6500 But let me tell you, that's cheap this week for running backs. Um, another couple guys to look at is Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Old Miss. Obviously, he's just workhorse. He's averaging over 11 re uh, targets a or receptions a game. I think he's averaging over 13 targets a game, which is big for any team. Uh, and then you have Matt Carroll, the QB, who passes to him at 8,100. Now, Matt Carroll is in the middle of the road as far as prices for quarterbacks go. But for good reason, he threw six interceptions last week in the Arkansas game. Well, uh, I don't know if Lane Kiffin can handle one more reception. So I'm worried about this one if he gets pulled early or maybe he doesn't even play. Uh, that would be obviously for a Lane Kiffin discussion with his QB and QB coach. So uh, that one could be rough, Wald. Hey, well, but, he's a good quarterback. He's going to bounce back, I think. I Lane Kiffin, you know he's going to – you say Lane Kiffin's going to be a little worried. Unless Lane Kiffin takes him out, he's going to be throwing the ball because that's just what Lane Kiffin offenses do. Yeah, I mean, he likes to do the air raid. So uh, Matt Carroll is a good option. Elijah Moore is really expensive, so just be aware of that. But he is a really good production. Uh, but Carroll could be pretty good at 8,100, pending if he even plays or gets pulled early because of the interceptions. Wow, we got Big Ten football coming back this week. How about it? I'm excited, Woj. I'm jacked. 
I'm ready. Big Ten Network's going to be on this weekend. I love it, Will. Yeah, we're back in black. We got the Iowa Hawkeyes, who haven't obviously played a game yet. At Purdue, the Boilermakers, 2.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network wall. Iowa, baby, playing Purdue. This is going to be a tough one, though, for me, Woj. It's been tough all week. I've had to sleep with one eye open. My wife being a Purdue fan, you know, things get nasty around this time of the year. But Iowa in this game, minus 2.5, over, under, 51.5, 52.5, depending where you're looking. Iowa minus 167. Look for that number to go down a little bit. Woj, we've won five of the last seven in these meetings. How about it? I, I was strong. I mean, this is one of those matchups, too. It's perfect for the beginning of the year. I'm excited for this, man. We're in conference oh. play in Big Ten. How could you not be excited? Well, our Hawkeyes are taking the field. But last year in this game, Iowa-Purdue, you know, it was at Iowa, at Hawkeye, at Kinnick, I should say. We are given 17 and a half. We only won by six, but we won, and that's what matters, Woj. This is going to be a relatively chilly opener for both teams. Considering the Big Ten is starting a little later this year, Woj, I don't know how the players are going to handle it, not having played the game. We'll see. It could be a factor, you know, their first game in a while. Cold out there, maybe windy. Uh, we'll see how it affects the game. But the biggest factor in this game, weather aside, doesn't matter. Rondell Moore opting back in for Purdue, wide receiver. Yeah, that's tough for Iowa. I wish he was out this game because, man, is he electric, Woj. Have you watched this man play? Yeah, Rondell Moore's solid. I mean, he's he's gonna put up. He, he's gonna be a tough guy to to lock down for this Iowa defense. Oh, for sure, Woj. He causes havoc in the Big Ten, man. This kid could play anywhere. He's fast, you know. He's lightning quick. I, I'm excited to watch him. I, unfortunately, he's gonna get shut down by this Iowa defense. But the question is, who's gonna be throwing the ball to him? I mean, you got Plummer, Burton, O'Connell. Who knows? They're not letting us know who the starting quarterback is. They say they know, but you know what to see. Likely it's Plummer. That's my guess. You know, he was the starter most of last year before his injury. Fifth best, best defense in the nation last year, Woj. That's what they're going up against. Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa, they always come to play. We know this. Everyone knows this. They could beat anyone any given day. It's very tough, Woj. I, I struggled for this in the notes and everything. I was trying to remain impartial, but I tried hard, concentrating. I'm trying to make a line on this one. I came out, you know, Iowa by 100. Okay, <laughs> that's strong. Hey, I don't know I, I had if we could score that many points. <laughs> I had to be impartial. Well, they'll probably get negative over there and produce offense. Yeah, that could be. Um, I'd like to see that, actually. Uh, I So the, the big thing for Iowa here is obviously new QB. Uh, we have Spencer Petrus coming in. He's He's been the backup. And, I, I mean, he, from what it sounds like, he's going to be good, but you never know. It's a new QB. The good thing about it is, is our offensive line is absolutely stout this year. And we have all four of our wide receivers coming back, some of them which are really good. Uh, for instance, Smith-Marset, who is also relatively lightning quick, as you said, like Rondell Moore. Now, the other big thing here would be our tight ends. Our tight ends last year, our tight end play was a little bit wonky and and if anybody knows Iowa that they're known for their tight ends they send tight ends to the pros all the time uh, so be big this year to see if Sam Laporta and Sean Bear will step up to the plate and be those dual tight ends that Iowa run loves to run in those sets uh, and see how we do because they're going to need to catch the ball if Iowa is going to be a factor this year in the passing game 
Uh, we know they're going to be able to run it. They have all four of their running backs back and an awesome, awesome offensive line. So that's going to help out uh, the new quarterback as well. But those are going to be the two big factors uh, pretty much all season for Iowa. We know their defense. We know they're solid. We just need to watch out the play from their tight ends and their new quarterback. Whoa. Oh, sorry, Wilson. Thought the wife was sneaking up behind me with a knife there for a second. But I mean, well, this is going to be an exciting game. I'm going to be looking forward to watching it. You know, I'm going to be in a motel because I'm going to be kicked out of my house by the end of the week. But you got to check the Instagram, Woj. Check it tomorrow. You're going to love what's on there. It's going to make you laugh, that's for sure. But again, I think we were pretty, if, if I do say so myself, I thought we were pretty unbiased on this game, no? No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I only buy 100. Not a big deal. I will buy 100. <laughs> Let's move on. Number 19, Virginia Tech, three and one at Wake Forest, two and two, 2:30 ESPN three. Virginia Tech minus eight and a half, over under a 68. You got these high numbers there. I mean, this is ACC football. They're gonna score some points. A little different from that 51 and a half we were just talking about, Woj. Yeah, and a couple things to watch here is Khalil Herbert, the running back for Virginia Tech. He's at 8,800. He's expensive every week. He does a lot of stuff, but the problem is Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Virginia Tech, is healthy and back. He's at 8,700 this week. He throws TDs well, he runs TDs, and he catches TDs. Uh, I mean, the guy is just a machine all over the field doing everything. He had seven TDs over his last two games. Uh, it looks to be just like one of those guys that is going to be able to do everything and do it well in a dual-threat quarterback or like essentially a triple-threat quarterback if you're counting him as a wide receiver. And Wake Forest, to their playing, has been giving up 40.3 points per game. Virginia Tech gives up, like, I think, 42.3 points per game. So it's just one of those games that could be a shootout down the wire. Um, and I just kind of like him this week just with those numbers and him being a dual-threat quarterback. Not to say that there's better options out there, but – uh, I think he will get value this weekend. Uh, another guy to look at on the Wake Forest side, uh, Jakir Robinson, who's a wide receiver. He's only at 4,600, and well, he's at 4,600 because there's a reason. Wake Forest is pretty much a run-heavy team. Uh, they don't like to air it out that much. Plenty of points to be scored in this game, though, and he could be the one of the reasons why he's only had four TDs from the air, 13, uh, excuse me, They've only had four TDs as a team, Wake Forest, in the air, 13 on the ground. But like I said, West Virginia, Virginia Tech likes to give up some points. So we'll see if they can air it out. Likely Wake Forest will be behind, so we'll see if that changes their game plan at all. Um, he's just a little bit attractive just because of the, the price point and the over-under on this game and what it would entail. Now, on to the running back side of Wake Forest. Now, Christian Bale-Smith is 4,200. In 4,200 this week for running backs, while like most running backs are double that. <laughs> so at 4,200, that's solid. Get rest uh, because Kenneth Walker, the third, who is the other running back for West or Wake Forest, was playing well. Plus they were already in the lead, so he kind of took a break. He does split carries, but Walker's at 7,200 this week. Again, Bale Smith is at 4,200. He's a good tournament option or maybe just a good option to running back for that price. He's had four TDs in four games and 58 carries, and Walker's only had, I think, 67 carries. So it's not that big of a difference, not that big of a gap. Uh, the only thing was Walker has quite a few more touchdowns, but, I mean, that all comes with if you can break that run or you can't break that run. And uh, I just think at that price point with the running backs the way they are this week, uh, Christian Bale-Smith, though, running back for Wake Forest at 4,200 is a fantastic option now 
On to another Big Ten game while we got number 18th ranked Michigan at number 21 ranked Minnesota. 6.30 p.m. ABC. It's the night game for the Big Ten here. It is. It's a big one, baby. That's where game day is. Of course game day's there. Week one of Big Ten. You know it's going to be a Big Ten game. I don't know. They're both sitting with goose eggs. Obviously, we haven't seen them play this year. This game, though, it's it's the battle for the Little Brown Jugwoach. This is a rivalry game. You excited for that rivalry? Yeah, I'm just excited for P.J. Flack and his antics, and I, I just love that game day is actually going to Minnesota because I remember last year they all bitched and stuff saying they, sh- they should get game day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do remember that myself, but uh, that was the decision. That's where they are this week. I, I kind of saw it coming myself, but in this game, as far as the line goes, Michigan minus three and a half, over under a 54 and a half. This is Big Ten football. It's what gets me excited. Minnesota plus 125 in this one, Woj. This line, it opened as the Wolverines, a dog, Woj. They were getting one and a half on the road. Wasn't fed up right away, but eventually it jumped to minus three and a half on Michigan. Does that make a little more sense to you? It makes a little bit more sense, but the thing about it is, is like Minnesota is not a bad team at all, and and Michigan struggled a little bit last year. So I mean, really, I mean, if Minnesota can get the get the ball working, I mean, it it could go either way. It could be a shootout in my mind. Woj, I don't think you're wrong. You know, this is a book special right here. That's what I like to call it. They got all the money they needed on Michigan. I think the books do expect Minnesota to win, but they got enough money on Michigan. They had to pump up that line, make sure nobody else bets Michigan, try to balance it out on Minnesota. That's how the books make their money, but definite book special right here. You know, in my opinion, it's going to be very unlikely to see Michigan getting points again, if that's what you guys are thinking as we're talking. I would not expect that to happen again, though spread may change, you know, especially with the three around those hooks, that could change quick. But a big part of that spread, too, you know, it's not all the books changing the lines. A big part of that came from the COVID news on Minnesota's part. We're going to be talking about this for the rest of the year, Woj. It's unfortunate. Week one, Big Ten, we're already talking about it. But P.J. Fleck announced there's going to be a number of players, in quotes, out for the game due to COVID. COVID, as I said, already becoming a factor before the game even starts, Woj before the game even starts. So a lot of randomness to it this year, just how it's going to be. P.J. Fleck, going to keep a tight tight lip on it, not going to tell anyone who's hurt. Game strategy makes sense. As far as the population, does it make sense? I don't know. That's politics, which we'll leave that to the politicians. But Minnesota, very good football team last year. I think you mentioned that. They returned some key players. Iowa, our Hawkeyes derailed their season. In I remember November. that game. That was awesome. Uh, they derailed them. That's what Iowa does. You know, they beat anyone, anywhere. Even after that, Minnesota still had a shot. Then they got spanked by Wisconsin. You know, the game to get into the Big Ten Championship last year wasn't good weather, but that's what makes the men out of the boys. They had playoff hopes until that loss. Well, arguably, until the loss at Wisconsin, they had playoff hopes. But they did go on to beat Auburn in a bowl game. They played in the Outback Bowl, which is usually our bowl. They snubbed it from us, Woj. Michigan. Also a good football team from last year. Got crushed by Wisconsin early rather than late, though. Kind of a theme here in the Big Ten teams getting crushed by Wisconsin. They were good last year. Took Michigan one and a half in this game before any news broke. At this point, Woj, I'm not touching it, though. There's too much stuff out there. There's too many unknowns, too much risk. You know, if you're betting on a race without knowing the horses that are running in it, Woj, you got a problem. So I'm staying away from this one. Yeah, no, I see. I, I get that. There's a lot of unknowns, uh, especially with P.J. Flax news 
about uh, a number of players being out uh, due to COVID. Um, so that I mean that's just another one of those things that you just never know. You never know who it's going to be. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings on the cheap. Um, so I'm going to give you kind of some sleepers here, or at least some cheaper options in some of the areas. By the way, uh, uh, Devontae Smith from Auburn is not at or around 6K this week, so I uh, will not be taking him. He's the most expensive wide receiver. Just an FYI, if anybody was wondering why I haven't brought him up yet. But Katoni uh, Ingram, the running back for Texas, uh, Keaton Ingram, um, 5,400 uh, this week on uh, DraftKings. And the thing about Ingram is, is he can he's involved in the pass game as well as the run game. Um, I'm just worried about the Baylor game being a little bit slower than they're used to, and maybe that helps him out, maybe it doesn't. But uh, just a pretty decent option at running back there because he is a dual threat running back at 5,400. Uh, wide receiver for the same game, Brennan Eagles. And really, uh, you can substitute Brennan Eagles with a majority of the Texas wide receivers, except Joshua Moore, who's more expensive. But Eagles is at 4,200. Doesn't get a ton of Terry targets and receptions, but he's had a touchdown in every game up until their last one against Oklahoma. Now, I mean, not to say that he won't get another touchdown this game, or he will, but, I mean, it's just the options there. He's been getting into the end zone with the limited touches he's had. Uh, and at that price point, it's pretty good. Uh, just the thing about Texas is they, they like to spread the ball around him. And 16 people have caught at least one pass wall, and 13 have caught two or more. And that's just a recipe for disaster when you're trying to pick one out of a hat. This is more just random. Um, a better option uh, as far as the wide receiver goes at a cheaper is 5,500 is Xavier Hutchinson, the wide receiver from Iowa State. He's at 5,500. I know I talked about Schwartz earlier at 5,300. He's probably Schwartz is automatically just a better option in my mind. But next up would be Xander Hutchinson. Uh, he's averaging over eight targets a game, which is great. Um, it's typically the Breeze Hall show in Ames, Iowa, the running back for Iowa State, but Oklahoma State's defense is a little better, might be able to shut him down, which would probably open up the door for Hutchinson to get a little bit more through the air from Brock Purdy. Uh, and let's just oh, go on to talk. Of <laughs> you you made it a whole week without mentioning Iowa State. Uh, I'm going to send you a sticker in the mail, Woj. Congratulations for making it a whole week without mentioning Iowa State. I, we haven't talked about it much all this year, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, I've been holding back. But they haven't been in any crazy – decent games and this is their first one versus Oklahoma State now I kind of don't mind Brock Purdy either at 6900 popped off last week by the way 74.4 percent completion rating went 32 of 43 passes uh, for two TDs and that was against Texas Tech I mean Oklahoma State's D isn't awful but they haven't really played that many people that have that good offense so uh might be a good option there especially at 6900 he's on the very cheaper end of uh, quarterbacks on the other side of that, Spencer Sanders, the QB for Oklahoma State's at 6,400. Now he was hurt. He hasn't played yet, and they're not 100% sure um, who's going to actually be the quarterback, so it's just something to look at. Um, but it would be a really good pickup at that price wall. 6,400 for Spencer Sanders, who typically was a, was a top-tier quarterback in the 8K area all of last season. So uh, I would look for him to, if he's playing, to take him uh, for sure. Another game tonight, Wall, 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. I got Virginia 1-3 and three at Miami of Florida. 
Woj, 7 p.m. ACC Network. You know, we're not going to get to watch it. That's okay. I'm going to be watching a Michigan-Minnesota game. But this is a good game in its own right. Virginia plus 11.5 over under a 28.5. Miami took a hard loss to Clemson two weeks ago. You know, I felt that loss myself. My pocketbook felt that loss. They did not look good. They did bounce back, however, last week. They beat Pitt, a good team. I talked about a couple teams a couple times. They're a team I don't like to talk highly of, but unfortunately they are a good team this year. Lost that step at Clemson, but they're right back in it now, right back in the ACC title hunt. Could be playing Clemson again at the end of the year. Who knows? Likely Notre Dame. We'll see. Pitt team, though, that they beat last week, the beginning of the year, they're looking really good. So if you want to take that comparison, you know, that's a really good 31-19 win over that team. Pitt, last three, they lost them. So you want to take the last three games as a comparison. That's not such a great 31-19 win, but – I'll stick somewhere in the middle there, Woj. You know, I'll call it a mediocre win. At least they didn't lose. Virginia in this game, a team that was expected to do well at the beginning of the season. A lot of hopes for them. They beat Duke, which decent team, 38-20 to week one. But since then, they just fell off the map. They lost three straight. Clemson, NC State, Wake Forest. You know, Virginia is near the bottom in points given up per game with 34.8. It's, it's kind of a tough slant when you – Played a team like Clemson because, you know, they're always going to put up points whoever they play against. But still, 34.8 points per game, that's kind of towards the bottom as of teams that have played so far. Dariq King, you know, Miami of Florida quarterback. We talked about him before this year. We're going to talk about it again if I had to put my money on it. He's going to give Virginia some trouble back there. He has over 1,000 passing yards on the season. His scrambling ability is going to keep those defensive backs up, expecting a possible quarterback sneak or likely a quarterback bootleg out for a rush. It'll keep those defensive backs up and, you know, they're going to get, give up some opportunities for big plays. Just knowing that I'd expect at least a few big plays on this one, especially coming out of the arm of Drake King game. I'll probably be taking Miami. What I'm going to do on this one, Woj, I'm going to wait for those alternate lines. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but DraftKings FanDuel, they got a lot of these alternate lines up lately. This Game sitting at minus 11 and a half right now. It doesn't really make sense to me, you know, with the availability of alternate lines. Buying points used to kind of be taboo for me. You know, that's what they used to call it, buying points when you're not going with the actual put out spread. But the new books, they use these alternate lines and it provides good opportunities. There's not a lot of juice on them, which if you don't know what juice is, you know, go back and check it out. We did a mini episode on what juice is explaining it. It's a real important concept to understand. But what I'm going to do in this game is I'll probably ladder it. What that means is I'm going to take Miami at minus 12 and a half, minus 13, minus 13 and a half. And then I'm going to see what kind of value I can get on those 16 to 20, you know, Miami minus 16 through minus 20. Just expecting Miami really to take it to them, get really good value on those bets. And that's why I'll be looking at them. Because, again, that 11 and a half doesn't really excite me. You know, it's not a number that things land on a lot in college football. So, but when you're doing a ladder like that, would you want to make sure to divide up your bets into pieces? Don't just bet your normal bet size on everyone. You're taking your full bet that you do in a game and divide it into pieces. So if you're going to do it the way I'm doing it, you're going to put a little bit on 12 and a half, a little bit on 13, a little bit at 13 and a half. And then if you find something in that 16 to 20 range, you put a real small amount on it because you'll be big plus money there. But if you got a small bankroll, you know, $10 per game, maybe if that's what you do, don't be afraid to Place $2.50 on each line with DraftKings and FanDuel. You know, nothing wrong with that anymore, man. Online betting, it's taken over. You don't have to go up to the counter and be worried about betting, you know, $2.50 on a game. Go ahead, do it. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to – I like your idea there, but I'm going to bet the house 
on an over-under of 28.5. It's actually 58.5. Let me correct you there. Uh, <laughs> but I would have bet the house on an over-under of 28.5. I would have bet that over easy. Well, well <laughs> but, you never know. You might have lost your house, Woj. If they go out there and only score three touchdowns, you got no more house to live in. Yeah. All right. Well, Walt, we both won last week. You had Arkansas plus two. I had the BYU and Houston over at 62 and a half. Uh, those the first time we both won in the same week. Uh, Wall, who are you taking this week in the Wojen Wall pick'em? It, it was a tough week for me. I, w- I kind of wanted to stay away from the Big Ten Woj because we don't know a lot about them, but I I didn't see a whole lot of value elsewhere. So a game we didn't talk about. I'm just gonna take Penn State minus six. I like to fade Indiana. You know, the beginning of the year, first game or two, they just never come out ready. So really, I I don't know what Penn State's gonna bring to the table, but I do like to fade Indiana. Might as well put it in the Woj and Wall pick Minus six, Penn State. So I originally thought going into this week, I was going to bet the Auburn Old Miss under at 70 and a half. And then I was like, well, that would have been a terrible idea because then I would just bet Auburn like three times this year and lost every single one of them. <laughs> and they are just so random. Auburn, again, like I said, just doesn't have an identity on what they want to do. And Old Miss with Lane Kiffin just wants to throw the ball, but it depends on his team if they're going to allow him to score points. Um, so I'm going to steer away from that. I'm going to go with the heart on this one, Wall. And I'm going to take Iowa minus two and a half over Purdue. Well, you could never go wrong following the heart, baby. I'm going to be cheering for you this week. It's going to be great. They're going to cover two and a half easy. Might have trouble with that 100, but I think they get there. <laughs> the 100 might be a little bit of a struggle. Oh, no, well, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. Hey, make sure you check that Instagram tomorrow. Well, they're going to love it. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>